Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Game Day Show. I'm your host, Colby Peterson. Uh, we should note that this is uh, Weber State Weekly, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. Joining me today for the Game Day Show, Dustin Chappie Chapman. Chappie, how's it going, man? It's been a while since we've chatted. Good to see you. It has been a little bit, Colby. I hope the move went well. Glad to see you yeah. and happy and uh, glad to be talking some football on a Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, cross country move, but now settled, you know, nicely in Tennessee. And so back to talking about Weber State sports and especially football, because, uh, you know, we, we want to talk a little bit more about that EWU win. You know, we were able to go live on Instagram on Saturday night to talk about, I mean, what a win, Chappie. Uh, and then uh, after that, we we talk a little bit about Idaho State, the, the match coming up this weekend up at Holt Arena in Pocatello. Then I'm going to take Chappie, and we're going to fly around the sky a little bit, talk about some of the matchups across the conference, and, and, and talk a little bit about the implications, because it's, it's starting to get playoff time, Chappie. We're going to start looking toward the way that the FCS bracket is going to shake out. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. But before we do, we just want to make sure that we shout out our sponsor, WildcatRack.com. If you're in the market looking for Wildcat uh, officially licensed Wildcat gear, Wildcat Rack is your place. I've got a new, uh, we've got a new thing that we're we're gonna try out where you'll be able to print a shirt and go pick it up right downtown in Ogden. Uh, so some cool stuff coming out. We've got a really cool new Stewart Stadium design out there. So be watching for that on social media. But thanks to WildcatRack.com for putting that stuff out there and um, always go Wildcats. So Chappie, mischief managed. Let's talk a little bit about that game on Saturday night up in Cheney, man. Wow. I mean, I, I'll i be I'll be 100% honest and candid. Um, I didn't expect the Wildcats to go up there and be – I didn't expect us to win, let alone go up 14 points in the, in the fourth quarter against a team like Eastern Washington who has been prolific in throwing the ball, in scoring the ball, and even, you know, pretty good at running the ball too. Um, I don't know, man. Give me your thoughts. How, how did that – Talk to me through how you were feeling as that game progressed. <laughs> as it progressed, I was happily surprised. Um, so our Eastern Washington counterparts in the Big Sky Podcast Network asked us early last week what we thought Weber was, how they were going to come out. And I said it was going to be one of two ways. They're either dead and done for the year, and they're just going to be showing up for the rest of the season, or they are going to be convinced that – that their backs are literally against the wall here and they have to win and win out in order to have any hopes to go into the playoffs and that they're going to come out like lions. And the latter is what happened. <laughs> it's it's yeah. the, the sign of a very, very well coached team um, that they came out that way. And as I've had, you know, some days to sit and think about it and to listen to some analysis, my main takeaway is that I, I genuinely think that, that Weber State has problems. I don't want to say problems. They play better as an underdog. That's just the mm. best way to say it. They were they mm. came into that game relaxed, like they had nothing to lose, like they weren't supposed to be there. The team seemed to be having more fun on the sidelines and throughout and after the game. Uh, they were loose. You know, they weren't playing tight. They weren't playing to lose anything in that game because they had nothing to lose essentially, right? And and they played like it, and the coaches coached like it, and. Everybody had a lot more fun. There, there, there was no – the tightness that we saw against Montana State wasn't there. And and, and 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 it was fun. It was a fun watch. And it seemed like those guys were having fun. And it made it more fun knowing that they were having fun. 
No, good points, Jeppy. I think you're right. Uh, loose is a good is a good way to describe it. Uh, what I saw was a lot of um, a lot of opportunities. Three fake punts. You know, talked to Mac Morgan this week about some of that and about his uh, his performance up in Cheney along with his journey to Weber State. But then also there were just a lot of a lot of play calls where it was like we're gonna we're gonna roll the dice here because uh, why not? Let's do it, and it worked out. In, in a lot of cases, the Wildcats were able to move the chains, keep things going. And, you know, shout out to Chris Jackson because, my goodness, what a game for him. Um, three touchdowns. Just did, what a great game for him to finally kind of break out after being kind of injured in the spring season and finally come back and just have an opportunity to have a big game on a big stage against the number two team in the country in a place that's difficult to win at. Uh, Wildcats really showed up. Um, so shout out to Chris and shout out to the defense because, wow, I think they, they kept Eric Berrier, who I think is going to be a consensus Walter Payton Award finalist. He's going to be – they kept him to 245 yards, which is a season low. Nobody had kept him to that that low. Um, talk to me a little bit about the defense, Chappie. I mean, what did you see there and what, what did you like? Yeah, it was uh, – it, it's, it's funny to say that it was – Masterful in giving up 34 points, but it was it was masterful. <laughs> you know, the, uh, Barry was somebody that hadn't really been held down all year, and as the second half progressed, you could see his frustration growing with each and each each continuing possession. Like he, Jay, Jay they figured him out, <laughs> and they gave everybody the blueprint. I think for hopefully how to figure out how to do it. And this is not something new. And you know, Eric Barry, I don't know if it was the first start. One of his first starts in team was here in Ogden, and and Weber State's defense did the same thing. I mean, he threw multiple picks that night, and yeah. So uh, the, my big takeaway, and uh, you know, and I've seen him play a couple times this year, and the EU offense is, man, I, I'm I'm surprised at how undisciplined they are, and still find success. Uh, and, and clearly, in the case of Barry, it's just through sheer athletic talent and ability. He's the best athlete on the field in every yeah. game he's playing in at the FCS level. Um, but a lot of what I like there is that Jay Hill, who is uber disciplined, and his teams tend to be uber disciplined. They just they feast on teams like that, and that you know that was the case on on Saturday, and and the defense feasted on that offense. I mean, definitely, definitely the case. And I, I think that I expected the Wildcat defense to show out against Barry A. Um, I, I kind of felt like they would be able to kind of keep him down. They weren't going to let him throw for 600 yards. That's just not going to happen against a Jay Hill defense, right? But I think the thing that surprised me the most was the performance of the offense. Wildcats put up 35 in this game, um, especially considering the way that things went against Montana State the week prior and only being able to muster seven points on the opening drive and getting nothing after that. Um, credit to you know the offensive coordinator, Matt Hammer, and to Jay Hill for kind of dialing up some things and getting some things going, keeping the chains rolling, because there were a number of times where the Wildcats just continued to just keep going. It wasn't deep stabs down the field, you know, throwing the ball for 60 yards or throwing the ball for 40 yards. It was chunk plays, running the ball well up the middle, which, you know, like we said, credit to Dante McMillan, Chris Jackson, and Devon Bankston, who had the opportunity. But... I think also for the Wildcats to just kind of have that confidence in the offensive game to say, okay, we can do this because uh, I'm going to say that um, the Eastern Washington defense is not necessarily the most elite defense in the conference, but they don't suck. You know, they're probably top 
six, seven, I think, in the conference for sure. And the Wildcats seem to handle that fairly well, putting up 35 points. So talk to me a little bit about the offense and kind of what surprised you with that. So the first half, they were definitely going chunk plays, right? They threw... Deep to Rashid, through deep to T Mac. Like they were doing that. But once they, it was fun to watch, once they got the lead and started started kind of taking over the game late in the third quarter, we were just rushed the ball. And all the credit in the world to to Chris Jackson and, and Dante McMillan. It was fun to see Chris Jackson out there enjoying yeah. himself. It was a lot of fun. That's what that kid's been through. Uh, but we were just ran the ball all over them late in the game, and and they can, it was ball control offense. And honestly, we haven't we haven't seen the run game do that all season this season. So, uh, yeah, absolutely credit to the offensive game plan. Um, it felt like the most complete performance of the season all around. You know, uh, offense, defense, and and special teams. Who who's when have we ever seen three? <laughs> Three fake punts in the same game. I remember uh, Western Illinois in the playoffs a few years ago. I remember them running two fake punts and maybe even a fake field goal. But three fake punts in a game is that's out of this world. Never seen that. Yeah. I mean, really good special teams play for sure. And like we said, talk to Mac Morgan a little bit about that. But wow. I mean, opportunity to not only have three fake punts, but have three successful fake punts along with good special teams play. You know, Kyle Thompson was able to hit a field goal, which was, I think the, I believe it was the field goal that ended up putting the Wildcats up initially, giving them the lead and kind of putting the pressure on the Eagles to say, okay, this is a game you are going to have to score against this Wildcat defense. Um, And so, yeah, really good special teams play in addition to lights out defense, especially against a player, the caliber of Eric Berrier and good offensive production moving the chains, running the ball well, giving the quarterback an opportunity. Um, you notice that we, they put Randall Johnson in the game, and at first I was super nervous about that because of the last few outings. But it seems like they've simplified the playbook for him, made sure that he was getting the ball out of his hands quickly, which was an issue previously in his other appearances, making sure to dial up plays where he was going to get rid of the ball fast. And that seemed to work. Literally no second read for Randall Johnson like that. Yeah, that's where it. it seemed like he always struggled in the past. Was first read not there. Now I got to go to the second or third one, and he and he just loses where to where to go and how to do it. it it's almost like they just said you're not going to the second read. <laughs> first first read is it. Get the ball, take it to the first read, and then be done. Yeah, and uh, and I would say by and large those those plays had success because. For a lot of them, they were, you know, these kind of like bubble screens or, you know, screen pass where he was just going to kind of dump the ball out and, and the, kind of let the let the back sweep out of the of the backfield and just, you know, see if they can get five yards out of it. Uh, but that, that that by and large seemed to work. Um, so good to see him kind of find a groove um, and good to see the Wildcats hit an offensive groove as we come in now to the game this weekend against Idaho State in Pocatello. So, Chappie, a couple things to consider here with Idaho State. Um, on paper, Idaho State does not look to be a very formidable opponent. Um, I think they're like the number 10, the number 10 defense in the conference, the number, you know, 
like the number nine rushing off the offense or something like that. Like it's just, there's, there's just not a lot here to be like, Oh, this is a team that should make you very nervous. Right. Number the number 10 pass defense. They have the number 12 rushing offense (laughs) or sorry. That's the number 12 passing offense, which is surprising or maybe not surprising considering that Tyler Vanderwall, who was a star in the spring really threw the ball well, uh, got to see him play the Wildcats twice and really gave the Wildcats a scare in that second game uh, to end the season, but has been injured this season, hasn't really had an opportunity. But Chappie, there's not a lot to look, but at the same time, a couple of really important games. The Bengals did beat UC Davis in Pocatello pretty handily, 27-17, and then they gave Sac State all they wanted in Pocatello, ended up losing that game, but just barely, 23-21. So going into this, Chappie, the Idaho State Bengals, they've shown that they can play in big games, but have gotten blown out by some lesser Big Sky opponents. What do you make of this team? It's hard to know what to make of them. You know, we were all of the opinion coming out of spring that like I, this was going to be a breakout season for Idaho State, that they sure. – they had potential to do a lot of damage here this, this fall season, and it just hasn't been the case. <laughs> and, and, of course, we all saw Vanderwall and thought, this kid's a good quarterback, and he is. Yeah, and he is, he's been, right. He's, he's been banged up, and yeah. that, that absolutely has something to do with it. But, you know, we all felt like the running game, that Malachi Rango, that we felt like they were a good team coming into the season. It just has not turned out that way. But it is interesting to note that they've played really well against some 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 tough teams you know and and that's the only real thing that you got to worry about <laughs> so yeah they beat they beat davis that's a worry they played sac state close sac state looks really good right now uh that that's a concern so uh, frankly from the season that weber states had uh I, i'm not opposed to to a game that is maybe not you know, not a a, a, a slugfest <laughs> that we've that we've seen in in for the past five six weeks. I'm I, I'd be happy to give me game. I'm sure that the team is not going to and cannot prepare that way. They every they are in the playoffs every week from now on. The entire season is is loser go home essentially at this point for Weber State. So they're not going to play that way. But uh, I'm not really sure what to expect from idaho state it's it seems like it's been so hot or cold with them yeah for sure and um brett hein wrote an article today published talking to the beat writer for idaho state and i think that that was the theme kind of hot or cold there are games where the Bengals really kind of showed out like we noted beating davis pretty handily i mean the game ended up being 27 17 but i think that that belies how not close that game was i think you know one of those touchdowns was garbage time and so the Bengals really kind of handled davis and obviously the wildcats struggled ended up losing you know in the last seconds of the game in ogden to davis but um yeah so i don't know what to make of them either because on paper it looks like the wildcats should be able to get pressure on uh, freshman quarterback hunter hayes uh they should be able to stop the run game um and so our guy malachi rango is back this season uh rango currently 14th in the conference right now only 199 rushing yards uh but his teammate tevin ford 100 294 rushing yards in six games so you know uh they have some guys. Uh, and also, as the beat writer noted in Brett Hines' piece, uh, the wide receiving core up in Idaho State is actually 
pretty good. Obviously, Tanner Connor, the track star, who was, uh, I think, the the first half kind of MVP uh, is what we ended up calling him in the Big Sky Podcast Network last in the spring season. Tanner Connor caught a lot of balls from Vanderwall really fast. Um, but they've got some other guys who are really making an impact. And, uh, yeah, it's just like it just hasn't clicked for them. I mean, what do you make of? The, I mean, let's let's talk about the offense first because I've got a couple of guys I want to shout out on the on the defense for Idaho State. But for you, Chappie, we've talked about the run game, we've talked about the problems at quarterback, we've talked about the quality of wide receivers that they have. I mean, what's what's the thing that's holding these guys back in your view? Like, why have they lost by such large margins to teams like NAU, Portland State? Uh, losing to Montana State, which is understandable. I mean, Montana State is a good team, but losing to Montana State last weekend, like, what do you make of this offense? Interesting to note that Montana State put up 27 points, too. They did. Not a, not, not a bad showing for a Montana State offense that, yeah, that really struggled against Weaver State as well. Um, it, you know, it, it just <laughs> – when we watched them twice in the spring, we all thought that it was a team that – that had a lot of potential that just needed to learn how to win. To me, it looks like they just haven't learned how to win. You know, they, of course, their offense has been banged up. Uh, he's been out and whatnot, but it just feels like whether it's coaching, whether it's the players, it feels like they just don't quite know how to put it all together in order to, to win consistently, but they do know how to show up and they are talented. Like I think we all agree that they are, uh, they have a lot of talent around the, the ball, and they should be better. They're just, they're just not. And to me, that generally that seems to come back to coaching. Yeah, I mean, and a couple of maybe indicators of that. Um, they are the third most penalized team in the conference. Uh, they're red. They are eleventh, or sorry, twelfth in a uh, red zone offense. So once they get there, just kind of really struggle. Um, their time of possession is actually not bad. They're fourth in the conference, uh, but they just can't seem to convert. And then the thing that the beat writer talked about with Brett Hine in that piece on standard, uh, on the standard examiner, if you haven't ha- read that, you really should gives you a pretty, pretty good view and kind of a deep dive into them. Nah, 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 I said deep dive. That's a joke in the big sky podcast network. It's not really a deep dive, but five questions for them. Um, turnovers an issue for them. Turnovers have been uh, really happening for the Bengals at key critical junctures, a few of them in the red zone, just absolutely killing drives and, you know, leading them to really kind of struggle. I'm trying to find where they're at, where they rank in the conference in turnovers right now. And uh, yeah, it's because I want to know how how does it look? But I think that I think that in that piece, they said 16. Yes, they are. I believe they are eleventh in turnover margin in the conference. So yeah, just uh, just pretty 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 terrible number there for them. And obviously, turning over the ball that much is just going to give you fits. But a thing to note in the in the Davis game and in the Sac State game, they played the turnover margin well, and it played to their benefit. So something to watch for. Random, random note on turnover margin rankings. Uh, if, if Idaho State is eleventh, Weber State is ninth still. <laughs> so, so we we have not been great in the turnover margin department either. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's fair, right? Because we've had problems getting takeaways this year, and the Wildcats have. I, I can think. I think I can count on one hand turnovers that I can think of. 
yeah, two. And there hasn't have been many, and we've gave some key ones up. We honestly, we've just played good teams. You know, I don't. This is a very difficult schedule this year. Yeah, it is. But all right, so we've talked about the we've talked about the Idaho State offense, and uh, there's there's some stuff there. Obviously, some folks to watch out for. But this defense is interesting to me, Chappie, because they've got some stars. They've got some guys who really can cause. I guess problems um, they've got, I think it seems like they've got a pretty good secondary in the, at the hands of Jaden Dawson and Josh Alford. Both of these guys kind of in the top five in the conference and passes defended Jaden Dawson with um, pa- passes broken up tied with Jalen white from UC Davis, nine broken up one interception though. And so, and then Josh Alford is, is fall- trailing him. His teammate with seven passes broken up. And so, Chappie, what do you what do you make of this? Because uh, the Wildcats have struggled to throw the ball this season. Obviously, we know they can run the ball well, but they struggle to throw the ball. And so, I mean, how do you how do you see this playing out in Pocatello on Saturday? Uh, I see it playing out as a game where we are coming out and just trying to do what we're going to do. We, I don't know that we have an established enough offensive identity, despite the results last week against Eastern Washington to to dictate anything right I, I i still think that we have to get in the habit of having good offensive performances so to me that's going to be the focus whatever that is i i you know we've tended to try to play balanced style offense you know where we're rushing and and, and passing equally i expect to see more of that the things i want them to work on is red zone you know that has been a problem Mm-hmm. for for two seasons now and uh going forward the rest of the se- of this season with the teams that we're going to play uh if we get to the playoffs what's going to get us there is is starting this week and and continuing off of last week against eastern washington to find offensive consistency yeah i mean you you pointed it already, already Chappie, but good point that basically it's playoffs now because should the Wildcats drop any of the remaining games on the schedule, the, the chances that they get into the playoffs disappear because right now the one thing you've got going for you is that you've played a tough schedule, you've dropped close games against good teams who have gone on to continue to win, and then you've got that number two uh, that win against number two Eastern Washington in your back pocket on the road to say, yes, we are a serious contender for a playoff spot at least. Uh, but if you lose to an, an Idaho State, if you lose to a Southern Utah, or if you lose to a Northern Colorado, sorry, I mean, this is, it's just um, not, not going to be there. Yeah. Uh, one thing Weaver has to finish seven and four. Like, let's be clear about that. They have to finish seven and four. And you know, they have to hope that the big sky gets six teams in the playoffs. I mean, that, that is how they get in and it's possible. It's not out of the question. Listening to a few uh, podcasts this week, specifically our, our friend, Sam Herter, uh, it's possible, you know, the CAA is not as strong as it has been in years past. And, yeah. uh, you know, the Valley had quite a few teams in, in the spring, like the big sky is tough this year. It's always tough, but it is tough this year. And the top of the conference is especially tough. So it's not out of the question, but Weber state absolutely has to do their part starting last week. 
Yeah, and I think that it, it helps that, you know, having having Montana and Montana State come back and play in the fall and be top 10 teams. Uh, and, you know, you can argue amongst yourself on whether you think Montana is a top 10 team. I, I think that they still are. Um, they've just been so injured that it's been a problem for them. But, you know, should they work some of those injuries out, uh, they, they've still got they've got a, they've got a really good team, a tough team to beat. And so you've got Montana State, Montana, obviously Eastern Washington will still be highly ranked, probably a seeded team. And then uh, Davis and then Weber State and maybe Sac State. We haven't talked about Sac State at all, uh, but Sac State went up to Missoula uh, and beat the Grizz in Wash Grizz last weekend. Stunning people didn't didn't. I don't think anybody expected that to happen. So, yeah, there is potential for the for the big sky to maybe get six teams in. But the Wildcats have to make the case. And I think that Chappie, they have to make the case beyond just beating the teams that remain on the schedule. You have to win handily, because I think that if you win some of these games by like three, if you beat a northern Colorado by three, if you beat a Portland state by just, you know, maybe seven, that's that's going to hurt them more than it helps them. Like it's it's almost it's not necessarily a loss. But man, it just doesn't help the resume. Like the Wildcats really need to surge in the next few weeks if they want to make that case. Well, and they need to stay healthy. I mean, it, it you can you can rationalize away some of the losses. You know, uh, James Madison. You, you can you can rationalize some of those away with through injuries. Right? You, you sure. absolutely can. Um, especially at the quarterback position, right? Especially at the quarterback position, right? But you're you have to look like a playoff team going forward. You're, if if we're after the start we've had, if the guys stay healthy and we look good, it's it's possible. But if if we don't look like a playoff team and we're struggling and we're barely winning games, it, 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 we're playing the resume game at this point. Yep, there's You're there are definitely the style game. points involved. Yep, there certainly are. One thing that kind of gives me hope for this game. Um, in my view, the key to winning against Eastern Washington, aside from keeping Eric Berrier fairly contained, I mean, 245 yards is not nothing, folks. But for a player his caliber to only throw for 245 yards, that's that's a pretty good performance by both the Wildcat pass rush and the Wildcat secondary. So that's good, and I feel like that's the foundation. But I think that the, the cherry on top, the key to actually getting the Wildcats over the hump and beating Eastern Washington is the run game. The run game was the thing that delivered. And so I think Dante McMillan had, I think, one touchdown. Chris Jackson had three touchdowns, right? Um, so they were getting it done on the ground. And I look at Idaho State right now. They've got the number 11 out of 13 teams, number 11 pat rush defense in the conference they're giving up 185 yards a game and there are only two teams worse and that's southern utah who's coming up soon and cal poly who we've already faced and ran uh, ran the ball fairly well against them so this gives me hope that even though the wildcats may continue to struggle uh, so long as they take care of the ball in the air they can probably get it done on the ground with dante mcmillan Maybe we'll see Josh Davis, depending on you know his situation, and of course Chris Jackson. Hopefully, we continue to see more of Chris because he had a really good game last week. Um, and then a couple of the 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 youngsters that we talked about, like Demond Bankston, and uh, and even some Clay Moss. And so, I just I think that the Wildcats, looking at the the weaknesses of Idaho State, and looking at the strengths of the Wildcat offense, it gives me hope that. 
if all else fails, you can give the ball to somebody and let them run it as so long as they take care of it, right? I think turnovers will also be the other key to this game. If the Wildcats can take care of the ball and not give it up a lot in key situations like they did last week, I mean, that game, Wildcats end up winning, but it didn't have to be that close because of critical turnovers in crunch time. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, last note on this is a quick shout out. Uh, Weber's defense was was and has been nasty all season. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing fair. they've done well. It's continued to be that way. Uh, shout out to Coach Duff and Coach Dale. Uh, you know, Coach yeah. Hill made the decision to make them the co-defensive coordinator so that he could step out a little bit and focus more on, on the entire – the entire team rather than having to, to focus on being the defensive coordinator in the first season, you would, you would suspect that potentially there'd be a little bit of fall off there. Yeah. It hasn't happened. I, I almost think they are better than they were in the spring. I mean, they, they were nobody, you Colby, you and I were chatting about this before we went live. Nobody wants to throw the ball at Eddie Heckard. No, they <laughs> he, don't. He doesn't have a lot of tackles because nobody's throwing the ball at him. Yeah, <laughs> you look at you, they are. Yeah, you look at the numbers and it's like, well, we're all we're all of Eddie Heckard's PBUs and interceptions. And it's like, oh well, they're not there. And it's like that's not because he's not talented. It's because he's so good that they don't dare throw the ball over in his direction because the guy that they're throwing the ball to isn't going to have an opportunity, so they're going to try something else someplace else. And now having Desmond Williams back in the fold, I think that's 100%. huge. Man. Like oh, having okay. Desmond Williams in that in that Ewu game, like I don't know that the Wildcats are as competitive as they were last weekend without Desmond Williams being back and being that kind of presence because he made it felt, man. Like he was there. And so that's where I'm also really, really happy to see the Wildcats kind of getting healthy because we haven't talked a lot about the injuries from the spring and how they've affected this team now in the fall, but they have, uh, especially on the offensive line, but also in the secondary. And getting guys like Desmond Williams back are only going to make it easier for the Wildcats to continue to surge. So, yeah, man. I mean, Eddie Heckard. Obviously, he has an interception against Eastern Washington, which is huge. But if you look at the numbers solely and you don't know who he is or what he does, you might say, oh, I'm not worried about this guy. You should be very worried about this guy. Yeah, when they just, you know, they had some early season issues tackling. You know, they, they've gotten through that. But my goodness, Colby, uh, Eddie Heckard, Des Williams, Connor Mortensen, Preston Smith, Jared Sheese. Our guy George Tarlis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Maxwell Anderson, Mark Collins. I mean, these guys yes. have really showed up. Yes, that is that is a that is a defense to be reckoned with uh, anywhere. And you saw it. I mean, is it, is not is not fun as that Montana State game was. Uh, the defense was absolutely phenomenal in that game as well. So, shout out to our defense. They they have not they they. Like I said, in my opinion, they might be better than they were in the spring. Uh, you know, even even knowing that Coach Hill relinquished the duties and gave it to to two of his trusted coaches. Yeah. So watch for that one, folks. I think the game is at two o'clock on Saturday. Is that right, Chappie? It will be on ESPN it, it is, Plus. It is at one o'clock Mountain on ESPN Plus. 
one o'clock mountain, sorry, two o'clock central of the time zone I am in now. But uh, yeah, the, it'll be on ESPN Plus. And folks, if you're not, if you don't have ESPN Plus, you are missing out, man. Like it is such a a nice resource to have. Like you can watch other college football games. NHL is on there. Of course, you can watch volleyball um, in the spring. You'll be able to watch softball uh and hoops is coming hoops is right around the corner man like we are about to get going with college basketball and so oh man espn plus is really nice it is and you get to bundle it with disney plus so your kids are happy watch <laughs> yeah whatever they're watching on disney plus because yeah i was like i guess we're doing a free ad here <laughs> but yeah but it's it's been really it's been really nice to have so uh that, that game will be there and if, if you're not watching it you can listen to it on the radio uh, 103 uh, what is it? One Oh three, one Oh three, one, the wave one, one Oh three, one, the wave. You can listen to Steve Klauke and Jerry Grable there. So check it out. All right, Chappie. We've talked about the matchup this week, uh, but before we go, we want to fly around the sky a little bit and talk about some of these matchups, man, because it's, uh, I don't, I don't think that people are super excited about some of these matchups this weekend. Um, everybody I feel like is just kind of waiting to see they're waiting for rivalry week, uh, but they're also waiting to see what's going to happen with some of these other other matchups that maybe aren't as important but could have seeding implications for big sky teams who are already in the hunt. So first up, Southern Utah taking the trip to Missoula. Talk to me about this, Chappie. How you feeling? <laughs> SUU's been pretty disappointing this season. Bad. Uh, They've been bad. They've been really bad. <laughs> One and seven. Colby relishes in that record. The five conference mark. Uh, good game for Montana to get healthy. Yeah, yeah, it is because like we we like we talked about, Montana's been very banged up, and um, it's played a factor. But I was I was talking about this with some of our other Big Sky Podcast Network guys this weekend. I, I was saying, I wonder when is Demario Warren going to get fired? I mean, they gave him the contract extension after the conference championship in the 2017 season, and hasn't really done very much since. I think his contract is up after next season. And the way things are going right now, I don't see them renewing. Well, you, you never go into the final season of a contract. So they're going to have to make a, a choice like now. Like in football, you, you rarely, if ever, go into the final year knowing that it's your final year, right, without having an extension. So uh, to me, the way DeMario Warren and SU is going to play this is, hey, let's see what happens in the WAC and see if we're better there. I think that's how they're going to play it. But the sad thing is, that, you know, at the big sky level and a lot of the teams, some of them, some of them can't afford to fire. But a lot of times, Weber State being one, you, you can't necessarily afford to fire coaches. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. But, I mean, I'm obviously – I'm picking Montana in that matchup because just – even though Montana did lose to Sac State last weekend and they are very banged up, I just I just can't see them losing at Washgris to a team like SUU. I just can't. No, no. There's that will be a Montana victory. Yeah. All right, Chappie. Next game on the slate. Sac State's taking the trip to Greeley. They're gonna be taking on Ed McCaffrey in northern Colorado. In Colorado. Uh, what about this one, man? How are you feeling about this? It's, you know, Sac should show us. I think we're going to see, I don't know, Sac has surprised people, right? And and sure. it, it's it's surprising and it isn't. Like we saw that Troy Taylor, we felt like we were surprised in 2019. We're like, yeah, Troy Taylor is a good coach. You know, he's where he wants to be. They've got a program. I thought that them 
not playing in spring season would hurt them more than it has. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. It, the talk at the FBS level is like it, it, the teams that haven't played, you know, a lot of the Pac-12 teams and in the Big Ten teams, it's almost like it's hurt them to not play the spring. It's almost been the opposite in the big sky. And, it, and it, what it probably has to do with was the season being in the spring. But Montana, Montana State, and Sac State have not missed a beat. <laughs> they are – they're rolling. So – uh, to me, this is a good test of of, of Sac State. They they just come off a big victory. Uh, can they keep it going? Are they going to be good? Chances are yes. Uh, UNC is still figuring things out there. <laughs> that is a program that I mean they they you feel bad for the coaching staff. I mean they 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 were on the jobs nearly a year before they could even like have a practice with their team. You know, so uh, they got a lot a lot to do there. A lot of work to do with that team. Yeah, for me, I don't feel bad because I don't know. You're in your first year. It's a tough year if you want to be in this conference. It, it honestly is. Like the top six teams are, like we just talked about, playoff potential teams. Now, of course, the Wildcats being at the tail end of that because of having a tough schedule and not performing in, in some key games. But I mean, the Wildcats are a couple of touchdowns away from being right up there in the mix of top three in the conference, right? So I, I just feel like it's a tough time to come in and be a coach, um, but welcome to the FCS. Like if you're going to be a successful coach in the FCS, this is gauntlet and this is a good opportunity for you to prove it because uh, you got a good conference right now. You're not going to just play one or two teams and then you're just going to cruise the rest of the time in this conference. You're going to have to play ranked teams. That's what it is in the big sky. And so they've gotten a lot of uh, they've gotten quite a wake up call, I think, in Greeley this season. But in this one, uh, I think the critical factor is Troy Taylor undefeated on the road. Has not lost the game in the big sky on the road. Uh, I think that wow. I think it continues to stat. roll. It is a stat, and somebody pointed it out on Twitter, and I was like, "That's crazy." Um, I don't think he loses in Greeley. I'm taking Sac no. State. No, no, they, it'll be it'll be Sac State this weekend. Yeah, a couple others, Chappie, um, NAU taking the trip up to the Kibbe Dome in Moscow. Um, Idaho has struggled. Um, people are calling for Paul Petrino's job, and I can definitely understand that. Uh, I think, I think Nick, Rolovich is, Nick Rolovich is just like, dry, you know, meet everybody at the Walmart on the border there or something. And just that yeah. there has to be something there, right? He would, you think about it, he wouldn't even have to like change schools, Colby. Like his kids could just stay where they are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he doesn't even have to change zip codes. And he, yeah. and he wouldn't even, like, he wouldn't even have to wear a mask. He just drives two miles away and he can do the same job he just did and yeah. wouldn't even have to wear a mask to do right. it. Brad Little does not care if you wear a mask, I bet. Not the way that Jay Inslee does. All right. <laughs> but, this game is uh, but, weird. But, but, yeah, seriously, it's interesting. I, I expected I expected more out of NAU and Idaho this season. It speaks to the depth of the Big Sky. Really, is is what it does. Uh, but you know, to me, this is probably of of the of the non intriguing matchups of the conference slate this weekend. This is probably the most intriguing. Yeah, I mean, this is the one that I think I want to watch because NAU is sort of like Idaho State in that they are very hot or cold. They've gotten blown out by some teams, and they have absolutely dominated others. And so, I mean, Idaho, I think, is has a lot of pent-up potential, but we're also hearing that 
maybe the players aren't super happy with the way things are going in Moscow and they're kind of giving up on the coach right now. I don't know what to expect from them this week. Uh, but I think that this NAU should probably be favored, but I think that Idaho could surprise them. And that's why I want to watch, and especially with the games in the Kibbe Dome, um, playing for the fans, anything can happen. Yeah, I'm going to go go Idaho on this one just because they're at home. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go Kibido, Idaho. Kibido because, magic, the, the, yeah. the field goal going off the weird scoreboard, whatever, you name it. Like something will happen in the Kibbe Dome. Yeah, broke Ewu's quarter, broke their uh, their kicker, missed a chip shot and gave Weber State a dub. Yeah, we, we have to thank him for that. We, yeah. we can thank, thank the Kibbe Dome magic for that. I'm fine to send them some Montucky cold snacks if that's what they need. That's for you, Tubbs, guys. Uh, I'm I'm also going to pick Idaho because I don't like NAU. I think that they're cocky and annoying, and uh, I think that they could lose. And so I don't know what kind of Idaho squad is going to roll out. Um, but, yeah, man, I- I'm picking Idaho just because that's what I want to do. All right, man, finally, Cal Poly taking the trip up to Portland, playing the Vikings in Portland against Portland State. I mean... <laughs> What do you say? Cal Poly has, still has a long way to go. They're yep. they're getting there. They're showing a little bit better, but they they got a long way to go. Uh, yeah. Portland State, despite some some folks in 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 the Montana market uh, believing that Portland State is like the next big team in the Big Sky, it's just never happened. Yeah, I I think that Portland State. Um, I've I consistently got them around like seven in the conference, right? I, I got them right there in the middle. They're a team that is dangerous enough that they could beat you, but they just haven't been able to quite put it together against the top shelf competition in the conference. And so obviously going to take Portland state because Cal Poly consistently in my power rankings at the very bottom, I put them at the bottom for the last, I think five weeks, four or five weeks. Yeah. They're there. And, it, and what do you, what do you, what do you do with them? I mean, they, it's, I think they're figuring it out, right? They've, they've got a lot of work to do. You can't not, you can't go from a triple option to Iwu's offense that they're running overnight or in two seconds. It's going to take a few years. Yeah. So obviously I think Portland state hammers them there at home, but it is what it is. Uh, that is, that is our going to be our flyer on the sky folks. So a lot, a lot, of, a lot, of, I think intriguing football. I mean, of course, I think that, like we said, that NAU Idaho game, obviously we'll be watching Weber state, Idaho state, because that's another intriguing game, but, um, couple of good ones this week so check them out on espn plus most of those games they're kind of spread out we were we were going to be at one o'clock um suu montana will be at noon sac state northern colorado will be at one nau idaho will be at two cal poly portland state will be at three so kind of spread out for you folks Enjoy the slate. Get, prepare for the next weekend. Uh, next yeah. next week we have some very much some powerhouse conference matchups. Yeah, we got some we got some interesting ones next week. Montana State's going to be taking the trip to Cheney. That's going to be a big one because uh, right now I think a lot of people got Montana State at the top of the conference. Um, Idaho State taking the trip to Provo. That's a body bag game. Um, <laughs> be, 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 be fun to watch the body bag on that one yeah, yeah that game will be in Provo and then uh, home game for the Wildcats Portland State coming to town so that'll be interesting but alright man um, Chappie this this has been fun man uh, any, any parting thoughts before we wrap it up 
No, just happy that uh, happy to be back and getting into our uh, regular groove again. Uh, happy, genuinely happy that the team uh, had fun last weekend. You, you could feel it uh, in our interview with Mac Morgan on Monday. Uh, you could feel it listening to Jay Hill and his press conference and his appearance he did on 1280 this week. Uh, by the way, if you're not listening to that, we're, we're, we're giving free plugs to everybody tonight, Colby. But yeah. you know, Jay Hill does have a weekly interview on Tuesday on 1280 The Zone, and it, it's good. I mean, they, they, they've gotten a lot better. At, at, at interviewing him and asking him the right questions and instead of just asking him about Utah, about Utah football <laughs> while, yeah. they're, while they're talking with the Weaver State head coach. So um, it, it's gotten better and it's, it's good to listen to, but they they genuinely seem like they are they had fun this last weekend and to me that's that's when teams play well. Yeah, if you want to check out those interviews, there's a podcast feed specifically for Jay Hill interviews with 1280. So yep. subscribe to that. They'll show up right in your feed, and you can listen to just that portion of the show, uh, which is pretty nice. Uh, all right, Chappie. Good to chat with you, man. Um, you, folks, you'll also notice that we changed the show up this week. Uh, the episode this week was solely about football. We're going to be changing the way we bring you content at Weber State Weekly. We're going to be putting out sports-specific shows going forward, and so there will be a football show, if that's what you're interested in hearing, a show like this, which will be happening on game day, and then there will be a show specifically for volleyball, show specifically for hoops, show specifically for softball, you name it. So be watching for that in your podcast feed. We're trying to bring you content in a way that is most digestible to you. So if you're a person who loves football but maybe doesn't care as much about some of the other sports, you'll have an opportunity to just listen to the sport that you care about. So appreciate you, Chappie, for taking a little bit of time to chat with me tonight. Uh, Looking forward to the game on Saturday. And like we say every week, go Wildcats. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. (laughs) Always go Wildcats. (laughs) 